This episode of Obscure Chatter is brought to you by Human Beings. Human Beings. We deserve to work and get paid livable wages. This tagline was not written by AI. And now, on to the episode. Wow, getting a little saucy with the sponsorship. Like, oh, wow, so, <laughs> so provocative, a provocateur. That's what we... <laughs> That's what we aim for at Obscure Chatter. Hello, I'm Terry Doty, the host of Obscure Chatter. If this is your first episode, welcome. If this isn't your first, welcome back. It's been a minute. I believe our last episode was in November. November, we we left 2013 with our last episode. Honestly, I want to say pretty strong. We took no bullshit, and we also gave no shits about offending anybody that might be offended over us just having the bare minimum in human decency. What a concept. And, uh, you know, it seemed to resonate with a lot of you guys, which I was, yeah, I'm not going to lie, scared. I'm always scared of the reaction. Um, Even if it is not a good reaction, I typically don't regret what I am truthful about, but it's still, it's nervous to be so raw. And into almost year five of Obscure Chatter, as I was discussing with Stephen before the start of the show, it's just like, it's almost been five years, man. Uh, You know, our last podcast together ran for almost exactly four years, and uh, realizing, like, off and on, like, trying other podcasts after that. I've been podcasting for all, almost, oh, oh, yeah, 14 years altogether. Crazy. But all that being said, uh, when, when we did that anime show together, there were episodes where... Tatum and I would just, like, afterward be like, oh, you know, sitting with Steven being like, hey, can you play this again? We thought that we said this weird and da-da-da-da. And Steven had to just be like, enough, enough. Holy fuck, you said it. Just own what you said, even if it's wrong. And just let us publish the episode. We tortured this man (laughs) constantly. But so to be so incredibly raw in the last episode was hard because I saw a lot of people, not necessarily voice actors, I saw a lot of people, as I'd mentioned in the previous episode, uh, getting some real-world consequences for speaking their mind, not saying visceral, horrible things, just not towing the quote-unquote company line with just saying, hey, uh, you know, uh, ethnic cleansing ain't cool genocide isn't cool and for the company reaction to be like we should fire that woman keep all the weird like white men in stranger things but you better fire anyone of color and if they have a vagina my god get rid of them that's what it felt like and so you know before the episode uh in november i was i was kind of like toying around with asking some people uh But to be perfectly honest, it's been so slow with voice acting, uh, which, you know, you go through lulls. I think I even mentioned it on Twitter. You do go through lulls, but this is probably the slowest it's been in quite a while. And I'm not just talking about anime, which that is more than likely how a lot of those listening know me, but I do commercials, I do audiobooks, I do saucy things under different names. Oh, enjoy looking for that! (laughs) Enjoy looking for that across multiple genres. And, uh, you know, I really haven't been talking to a lot of other voice actors. I still have some of my best friends in the world that are voice actors, but just kind of drifted away as you do occasionally checking in saying hi to people that have moved away or stopped living just uh just stopped living that vo life or just we don't get to see each other that much if ever um i'm still very much planning around a pandemic which 
Uh, a lot of people have asked me when I'm going to do cons again. Real talk, I'm, I don't see that happening. Probably ever again. I would love for a con out there to prove me wrong. But right now, um, it is not worth the health risks. And I would never want to risk anybody's health, <laughs> like, at all. So I typically kind of isolate. I hang out a lot online. And when I do see people, uh, we kind of talk about just who we've been around in the past couple of weeks. And I mean, I'm still wearing a mask, going to the grocery store, uh, and the a little bit after my last flu and COVID vaccination in October, I, uh, I, you know, just kind of got a little cocky. I'm not going to lie. And so uh, a little bit after our November episode, I started feeling like complete and utter dog shit. And I was like, ah, okay, let's pull out all the COVID tests was negative. I had strep throat, which is so funny to have to like strain to speak with a teledoc. And they're like, just go in, just go in. It'll be easier. I'm like, I'm not going in when I know I'm sick with something. I, uh, I, I just can't. And like, it doesn't sound like COVID. And they made me like basically shove my phone into my mouth so that they could see my tonsils. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that would be strep. It's probably strep, actually. It could be mono. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I have not heard the possibility of mononucleosis since I was in like the seventh grade, which when I did get it in the seventh grade, I didn't get it from kissing. I think I just got it from like sharing a drink with a friend. Equally scandalous, I know. Um, as a as opposed to the past couple of episodes, we're back in our booth because it's actually not fuck all hot right now. So we're in our whisper room. Steven's outside of the booth, uh, reading away, chilling away, staring at me. Hello, you. <laughs> it's giving me the smolder, the Flynn Rider smolder. But, um, and our dog. Our dog is outside. Uh, Willow. People always ask me what her name is. It's Will, Willow, Bean, Biff, Biffany Amber Thiessen, uh, uh, Babyhead, Goob, as in Mike Yagubian from Meet the Robinsons, all these things. All I'm giving you all the info you definitely, definitely have been waiting for. Um, <laughs> uh, you can keep this in, but hey, Steven, you never started the movie. <laughs> he started the movie, <laughs> which we don't keep to a runtime or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it has been a minute for us, hasn't it? <laughs> Big mystery, I know. Uh, for those who are new here, uh, Obscure Chatter initially started as an audio commentary with myself as well as guests talking over a movie to dictate the runtime. I typically don't stick to the runtime of a film or television show now. But it is nice to watch something, and so we just kind of talk over a movie. I'm watching one right now, and I leave it a mystery so you can focus on the conversation, and I can feel as though I'm very aware of the concept of time passing by. Otherwise, especially when you talk to yourself in a booth, you get a little in your head and get really self-conscious about your voice. Yes, some 20 plus years later as an actor and 16 years later as a voice actor specifically, I still get very self-conscious about my voice. Uh, doing it so long, I'm like, this is what I sound like. Or is this what I sound like? Or maybe I actually sound like this and I'm just covering it and I have been this entire time. Or maybe I have an accent and I'm just not aware that I have an accent. These are... The trials and tribulations of being a voice actor. What do I naturally sound like? Anyways, um, a lot of people wanted me to kind of 
touch base a little more on some subjects that I talked about in the last episode, uh, most of which has to do with some very real-world stuff. And I'd love to say that it has gotten better, but unfortunately it hasn't. My thoughts on that. I think I've been pretty vocal about, um, if you follow me on anything, Twitter, not ever calling it X, um, Instagram, those are the big ones. Twitter, Instagram, uh, anything on threads or blue sky is usually posted somewhere else, but I totally understand why people have not left Twitter. There are just many people that haven't left yet that I still engage with, and I'm just a big fan of blocking, 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 block, block, block. And it has been harder lately, I'm not going to lie. Yes, the tide has definitely turned in a quite shit direction, but here we are. Um, I repost a lot. I've um, really tried to amplify voices that are much more knowledgeable on the subject than myself, but occasionally I will <laughs> just kind of hop in. And be like, hey, da 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 da. Like, I was kind of, I was talking to Stephen about this earlier. Is um, one of the m- main journalists that I've been following, he, uh, Motaz, uh, uh, oh my gosh, I forgot his last name. I, I apologize. Um, but he left the area. And I was telling Stephen about this because I uh, just, he's 24, maybe 25. And just seeing the way he looked just a few months ago compared to the way he, uh, you know, the photos he took as he was leaving on, on the plane and just arriving in like Qatar uh, were just chilling. Just seeing how much his expression and how much his eyes have deepened and just the stuff that you only see with age or trauma. Like, it's wild it's really wild to see just how much he and Bassan, those are my main two that I follow, um, have changed. And there there was a moment you might have seen Deborah Messing trending. That was really weird <laughs> because uh, I've never actually been a big Will and Grace fan. Um, I just... I don't think it really helped a lot of uh, hurtful stereotypes, but I understand why a lot of my friends were super, super into it. I watched it occasionally with friends, or if nothing better was on. Uh, and, I mean, some people were really hardcore about it. There was a, a guy I was dating, and um, we were going to, like, his, uh, he graduated uh, UT business school. Like, that was, like, his main goal at that point, he's like, I have to graduate from UT. And he did it. He fucking did it. And we were meeting his parents. This was in Austin. Um, meeting his parents to go down to this big, you know, celebratory dinner. And we met in his parents' hotel room. And his mom wouldn't leave until the series finale of the original Will and Grace ended. And I made the mistake of talking, and she already didn't like me, but she told me to shut up. And we could not go to dinner until Will and Grace was over. So I understand. There are hardcore Will and Grace fans out there. But uh, Deborah Messing had a lot of hurtful stuff, and she has had a lot of hurtful stuff to say. And I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the frame of mind of somebody that's perhaps a big fan of her and just disappointed But that's why uh, parasocial relationships with celebrities and actors is a very, very dangerous thing. But uh, a lot of people are like, oh, what do you, you know, like, what do you think about this? Or da-da-da-da-da. And I, like, sometimes if I'm not sure about a post, I'll run it by, you know, my closest confidant and my best friend, which is also my husband. Um, I was like, I was thinking about posting this. What do you think? And Stephen's like, it's funny. But maybe not. And the post, which I guess it's going to be out there now because I'm fucking recording this, but maybe we should stop caring what the star of Will and Grace and Will and Grace the Reboot thinks. Maybe we should stop caring about that. 
And enough of that. Um, I wish I, I could celebrate with y'all over a ceasefire, over the end of so much unnecessary suffering, over 25,000 lives lost, so many starving, women giving birth in the streets with no assistance, um, women using scraps of whatever fabrics that they can find as uh, help in their menstruation. I, uh, it's fucking crazy. It's horrible. I, I have nothing constructive to say to anybody that can look at that and think they, de- they deserve this. They do not. Not a fan of collective punishment. And very, very angry a good chunk of the time. There was one fan that reached out uh, via email, asked to remain anonymous, and meant, and, re- and responded to me, or not responded, uh, reached out to me, I'm going to assume in very, very good faith, but said that they were concerned that this talking so publicly, reposting and all of this, would hinder my chances at future work. If that's what's going to hinder my chances, and I said this to them in a much nicer way than I'm going to say it now, and this is not to them. This is just in general because I understand there are a lot of creatives and actors and, I mean, it's hitting all sorts of people. So many people are being let go for just retweeting. And that's just, those are like, like oh, we don't want to work with you or oh, hey, we have to let you go. Like, those are some of the nicer consequences. Some people are being forced from their homes. Some people are getting arrested. Some people suddenly have their families being threatened with physical violence just because they dared to say that what's happening is not right. And (laughs) that's pretty fucked up. So what I will say in a different way than I said to this person and that is not directed at this person If my pointing out horrid atrocities is going to stop me from getting work, then so fucking be it. I want to work with people that see humanity in everyone, not not whatever the fuck you want to call is allowing people to justify the shit that's going on. And that's all I'm going to say about that for now. For now. And... There's, I mean, there's so many other things too. Uh, Stephen and I and others, we constantly talk about like if we can stay in Texas. Texas is pretty, pretty hellscapey right now. But then I have to be like, well, where can we move? I have a house here. I've had a house here for a little over a decade, and I really like it. Uh, it's lived in. This is my house. Like I had a friend from Hawaii a few months ago. And I've known her since, like, sophomore year of high school. Um, She was in, and I was so fucking happy to see her, as well as another friend that I also grew up with. Um, But the first thing she did when she came into the house, she's like, oh, you've lived here a while. Like, she could just sense, like, we've made this our home. This is ours. And... It's like, hey, you know, we get offers on the house all the time. There are all these new developments popping up because so many people are moving to Texas. They're like, oh, it's cheaper in Texas. Like, no, it's not anymore because you fucking assholes keep moving here. Um, it's really not that cheap anymore. Uh, I, It's a, say, you know, pie in the sky, someone pays Stephen and me like six times the amount that we bought it for. We really would be struggling to still find a house the exact same size or maybe a hair bigger and still not be, like, heavily in debt. Over 50% of the population right now can't afford housing. And uh, Texas is really four states in one. Texas is really big, but a lot of people are moving here. And there's also a lot of things not to like about what the those in official elected positions are doing, some of which haunts me, a lot that haunts me.
just seeing, oh, pardon me, uh, seeing some statistics that have come out just in the last week um, on abortion bans and even in the cases of, uh, the cases, even in the cases of <sighs> sexual assault. And it's horrible. And so that and just the politics are here can be bad. I grew up here, though. Like, I'm, I was born in Philly. I've lived in Pennsylvania, Virginia, California, and here. And once I branched out on my own, I really didn't see myself leaving Texas. Uh, as a teenager, I was like, oh, I'm going to move to New York. And I'm going to go to an acting conservatory. And I'm going to just work my way up and just figure out what to do from there. That was the plan. I, I was actually looking at an old... Um, scrapbook that uh, a friend I was feeling nostalgic and this friend uh, is no longer with us but nobody prompted him to do this but he made a little like scrapbook um, of just what the drama club did uh, between 2001 and 2002 which was the year I graduated and nobody asked him to do this but he did it because he just Loved having a place that he felt like he belonged. And uh, he made little senior profiles for people. And uh, mine was the first senior profile because, not to brag, but I was drama club president. I, I did the morning announcements. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I was a big goofball. And uh, busybody, too. Did a lot of plays, all that. But um, <laughs> said something about future goals and he is like terry plans on going to an acting conservatory in new york and it was just like man that went that went out the window so quickly <laughs> but uh he wrote up very nice things and i will always be grateful that uh he had such a high opinion of me i live every day as though uh i i am striving to make that friend proud of me <laughs> um some days are more successful than others, but I was trying to think. I'm like, well, okay, say, you know, with Steven's job, he can he can work from anywhere. Uh, well, we'll wait until, you know, my, my father-in-law just turned 90 on the 10th of January. So um, we're going to, we're just going to not think about moving until Ed, uh, you know, has passed on. And we've we've settled Ed's affairs and all that. And then it's like, well, we're never going to be able to have a house if we move to California. And I don't want to live in California again. I just don't. Uh, I love visiting uh, certain areas. And, you know, I, I just don't see myself living there again. And uh, New York, I love New York. Love the surrounding areas. I just don't see myself living there. Jersey, don't see myself living there. Going back to Philly, I would love to take Stephen to Philadelphia. Just be like, this is where they made Terry Doty's. Ta-da! And I just don't see myself living there. I love Maine. But I don't know... I don't know Maine well enough. I don't know. Um, all this is to say, like, I hate so much of the politics in Texas... But I don't know where I would go if I decided to move. And I think a lot of us are in that spot. And, uh, yeah, with um, there were a couple of days earlier this month where we were having to do the prepare, like, prepare for ERCOT not to do a goddamn thing about you losing power. Uh, for those that recall, there was a, an insane winter storm a couple of years ago. And ERCOT just never did anything. They got paid to make improvements, and they never did. Uh, and for people who are just like, well, I guess Texas deserves it. Like, fucker, I live here. I've strived to make my area as blue as I can, and I've only barely made certain areas shades of purple. Well, I haven't. Many others, including myself, have tried, though. And uh, I don't think... We should collectively punish the citizens of a state for the actions and decision-making of maybe five white guys that are very out of touch. That's just me, though. Um, but yeah, we, uh, 
we turned on the our gas fireplace for a while, just got the bill, and it's, I want to say, at least six times what it was during the winter storm. On average, per month, with water heater and everything, our gas bill is about $30. And even when the winter storm happened, it it wasn't... It was $200 this month, specifically because we didn't want to freeze to death. We lost power like a couple times overnight, but that's about it. And, you know, having to, we, uh, we had to kind of like prompt anybody like uh, that might be trying to reach out to us like, hey, just in case we lose power, um, please plan accordingly. It, It was bad. And the roads are still horrible. It's like, oh, can you believe it? Like, Texans are really, like, freaked out about a little bit of snow on the road. And, like, the thing is, uh, my mom used to work for Texas Department of Transportation. I know emphatically that Department of Transportation used to plan for snow a lot better than they do now. They just don't budget for it. So we don't have a lot of the things that we need in order to make our streets safe to travel. on. Uh, yeah. It, it's wild when it gets some water. I'm trying to think. Yeah, Christmas was, uh, Christmas was fine. Um, I was a little worried because I had strep throat at the time that I would have to, uh, miss out on, you know, seeing the little bit of family that I'm still talking to. Uh, checked in with friends. Uh, there was a a couple of days where I couldn't talk and, um, my tonsils were pretty, pretty bad, uh, because of strep. So it's like, Hey, stop talking. Like I know to stop talking, but there are some things that are just easier to croak out than type out. Uh, completely being hypocritical on all the advice uh the advice i give people about hey when your throat hurts shut up <laughs> it's like yeah but <laughs> i sound so cool talking like them <laughs> um but yeah i uh i will say it was really weird my my father-in-law lives in an assisted living center and they most of the people every time Ed introduces us every time. And <laughs> most of them are just like, oh, so nice meeting you for the first time. I'm like, we've met several times now, but I'm I'm blonde now. So I think maybe they were looking for someone with green hair. Um, but it kind of annoyed me that Ed apparently told everybody that I was sick and Stephen eventually got strep as well. Because it was a bunch, like, think about, like, think of at least 30 grandmas and, like, five grandpas, because women live longer than men. Anyways, uh, coming up to you specifically, being like, oh, I'm so glad that you're doing better. I'm like, Ed, damn, why'd you have to blow up my spot, dude? I don't want everybody to know that I was sick. Like, everybody. Like, it's really amazing to have four women, all named Cookie, talking about how it looks like I'm, I'm on the mend. Like, <laughs> I just can't with that. Uh, but aside from that, it was a lot of it. It was a lot of fun to catch up and just keep it chill. That's the main thing now. Stephen and I uh, didn't really do anything aside from that. Like we had given ourselves. We're really bad about gifts. We give ourselves uh, each other's gifts like two months prior, which I believe we did do. We. We've done it before, but he had a, a watch created for me, and I got him a new watch for hunting, and that was it. So this year, we decided maybe to put a little more of the magic in the holidays, and I highly suggest y'all do this too, um, uh, is uh, we each got stockings for each other forever ago, but we never did anything with them. So now he has my stocking, uh, Christmas stocking. And I have his. And once a month, we load the stocking with something. I didn't really have a stocking growing up. So we just kind of decided like every month 
we put a new stocking stuffer in. And then on Christmas, we have a main present as well as, hey, a bunch of like little presents. And I, you know, I got my first one uh, already for Hoff and it was, it was kind of fun. I don't know, like, I can be a bit of a curmudgeon about the holidays. I can even be a curmudgeon about my birthday, which is coming up in April. And I'm going to try to be better about that. You know, it it doesn't hurt. Another thing that um, happened, and I think this, pardon me. I think this was before our last episode. I might have touched on it, but forgive me for not. Um, I did like uh, every... Six months, I do a, a a check. I remember when the doctor's visit was once a year. Now they want to see me every three to six months to check on my blood for my uh, hypothyroidism, which is a lot of fun. Um, and they had uh, noted that something in my liver looked a little funky. I'm like, oh, God. Uh, but I was honest with the doctor. I'm like, I'm going to be real. I've been the worst about fast food and um all that so uh I don't think it's worth you checking my liver again right now can we check it in a couple months and I just explained and it is something that I think we're all dealing with is um it's something growing up that uh I think is what made my thyroid underactive I was only told this like about six months ago, I had been led to believe that I have an autoimmune disease that is responsible for my hypothyroidism. I was told I had Hashimoto's disease. And I legit tweaked a lot of shit in my uh, routine to deal with this. I had friends that also had it. We had the same things, but I just learned I don't have that. And I asked, okay, so why is one of my thyroids underactive? And they just went, I don't know. It can just get like that sometimes. <laughs> it's very common in women. Um, so uh, I just, I don't know. I got really weird about some stuff. But I, uh, thinking about my diet growing up, when you grow up in um, a household that is perhaps a little food poor. Uh, we got a lot of food uh, from donations and from friends, uh, family friends, and just like friends in the neighborhood. Stuff that uh, didn't really like hit me as a kid, but definitely thinking back on it, like, oh, we we definitely didn't have like the best budget when it came to the grocery store. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. So when we see that something is on sale... Sometimes we move away from this is the best thing to have for me versus this is the best thing for my budget. And it is so fucking horrible that we have to choose between the two so often. So I explained to my doctor when she had mentioned my liver, I'm like, it. sometimes it's cheaper to get the, you know, the shittier pasta to just get those pre-planned frozen dinners uh, to just say, fuck it, and go to McDonald's. Um, and she's like, I agree. And in that, <laughs> she's been my doctor for a little bit. She's like, it's pretty fucked up. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's my doctor. Are you guys really shocked? She's cussing with me. Um, so I said, let me move some stuff around and uh, just let's see where we are in a few months. And she agreed. So... Uh, in that three months, which is coming up, my uh, blood work since then is coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, I've stopped drinking. Uh, there was nothing that she said to indicate that what was going on with my potentially going on with my liver had anything to do with alcohol. But my dad uh, fell asleep behind the wheel, uh, very sleep deprived and very very drunk in October of 2004, or no, 2003. And uh, I just 
realized, you know, like I'm going to be 40 this year. It's going to be something wild when I realize, you know, that I'm going to be older than my dad was at some point. He he died at 42. I'm going to be 40. And I, also on my mother's side, uh, her father had some complications because of his drinking. And I drank socially, really, but I just stopped. And it was it was pretty easy to stop. And now it's been three months. And I got to say, yeah, I quit that. And I quit soda again. <laughs> soda is such an easy boost, but quit soda again. And I just feel better. Um, and saying that, like, I definitely had a fried chicken sandwich for lunch before I <laughs> came in here. So there are good days and there are bad days. My dude was feeling blue and I wanted to get him just some shitty fast food. It happens. But what I was doing before that was having it like every couple of days. <sighs> like having pizza like once a week in our lineup, like so crazy. And we just stopped doing that. And it's honestly been, I've been feeling pretty great. Uh, just complexions cleared up, um, getting back into doing a morning walk, an evening walk doing hardcore yoga and, like, weights and stuff like that. I'm I'm feeling great. Physically. Feeling great. <sighs> so, yeah, no alcohol. Doing pretty good. Um, for those curious, uh, I, did get, I did get questions from y'all. Pardon me. So, before we talk about other things, uh, I did have a couple of questions. I'm no longer naming names. You know or you know if you ask me this. Uh, there were multiple questions, but I'm only going to answer a couple. So one was, have I ever auditioned for a project in Spanish? The answer is yes, but that's only if you give me time with the sides. I can read Spanish and I can speak very, very little. It is uh, a battle with anybody that was raised here but has Hispanic family. If you don't speak Spanish... They're going to make you feel really guilty about it. But at the same time, they're not going to help you at all about trying to become fully immersed in the language. They're just going to talk shit about you until you either know what they're saying or you don't. Uh, yeah, I've auditioned multiple times in Spanish. Uh, what really sucks, though, is whenever uh, they've given you no time with the sides and you really don't have a scope of how much Spanish is going to be. So if I'm not confident... Like, if it's a short commercial or something, I'll do it. And I've directed people uh, for Spanish things. I've also written people's Spanish demos. It, you just need to give me time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have, definitely. And then here's one of my favorites, because Stephen and I have been talking a lot about music recently. Like, that's, I mean, that's one of the ways that he and I connected initially. Uh, you know, we worked at Guitar Center together. That's how we became friends. And eventually uh, decided to test that friendship by adding dating into the mix. And, you know, almost 18 years in, I want to say it's going okay. It, I mean, don't quote me on that, but I guess it's going all right. Uh, so uh, this, uh, the, this question is, is there a song from a film or soundtrack that absolutely gets you pumped and energized as soon as you hear it? And... God forbid I only mention one song, but because with Obscure Chatter I usually ask like a top five thing, I'm giving you five examples, and these are just the first five that came to mind. There's, um, This Is What You Want, This Is What You Get by Public, public Image Limited. Sometimes they don't say the limited, Public Image. I had first heard it in 1990s Hardware, which if you haven't seen that movie, uh, if you're a horror dork at all, uh, watch it. Watch it at least once. And tell me what you think. You might like it. But that that song is just throughout this fucking movie. And it is gorgeous. You could do like a whole model walk to it and just feel yourself. You could just do some fucking goth moves to it. Like go like full Bauhaus with your movements. Let's fucking... Oh. Uh, it... It's great. I love it. And there will never be a point I never skip that song. Ever. But it is not on my workout list. I'm um, just realizing. 
<sighs> Let's see. The entire Queen of the Damned soundtrack. Guys, you don't understand how obsessed I was with Queen of the Damned. It is not remotely accurate to the Vampire Chronicles mythology at all, but I don't care. <laughs> even though Stuart Townsend, I mean, Lestat's blonde. He wasn't even fucking blonde. Maybe had a, a, a little bit of a, a lifted root, but that's about it. <laughs> but Aaliyah in that movie. Mwah. Which, for those who haven't read the Vampire Chronicles series, which I understand it's a lot of books, and they can be a little intimidating, um, they had already done, these Hollywood people had already done Interview with a Vampire, and it did okay. I want to say okay, I'm pretty sure it did brilliant, and Stan Winston did the original makeup and uh, all that. I'm not a Tom Cruise fan, and I'm not a Brad Pitt fan. I never got the Brad Pitt hype. The only movie I was like, oh, he's pretty as a kid, was Cool World. <laughs> and uh, even then, he looked hotter as a cartoon at the end. Sorry. <laughs> but um, Queen of the Damned. Queen of the Damned, Aaliyah was brilliantly cast. I also thought it was really interesting the way they did um, uh, post. For post-production, Aaliyah had already passed before they had finished post. And they had her brother come in to dub a lot of her stuff. I thought that was fucking fascinating. But um, I was really into corn. Uh, you would be hard-pressed to find fewer than five photos of me in high school with five different corn shirts. So I love Jonathan Davis. I know for a lot of people, that being the choice that they made for Lestat alone was like a, no, thank you. But I loved it. I loved it so much. I think Stuart could have done a better job trying to match up with Jonathan's energy, but... It is what it is. It's a travesty that um, he couldn't do the original vocals for the soundtrack itself. But I think that was probably down to negotiating. Because, you know, Jonathan probably <laughs> wanted a lot more uh, rights and all that stuff uh, to basically have a whole album that he doesn't own. Something like that. Don't quote me on that. I don't know that. But the soundtrack... I don't skip a single song, although uh, I tend to skip Marilyn Manson as a as a rule now. Uh, but yeah, like Jay Gordon, Chester Bennington, uh, Wayne Static, Static X. Uh, oh my gosh, there's a it. Yeah, it's all good. It's my favorite album, and I'm actually currently trying to track down the CD because I'm recollecting CDs and cassettes, and uh, when this soundtrack came out, I basically stalked every music store in my area until I could finally find it and grab it. Uh, not to show, like, really aging myself here, but here we are. I'm, I'm almost 40, so there were times where we couldn't just quickly buy something online, and uh, this was one of those times. So instead, I just basically made every music store, bookstore that sold music, anywhere that sold music, uh, I made them hate me until they could finally track down a copy of Queen of the Damned. Because that, that CD is still hard to find. But yeah. <laughs> so that. And still with on uh, still on the Aaliyah train, um, I was a big fan of Aaliyah. Uh, so Try Again by Aaliyah uh, during the, uh, for the uh, Romeo Must Die soundtrack. I had a Jet Li thing for a while. Like the one is also a really fun film of uh, that I love. But um, Try Again, if that comes on, just the, just, mm, that's really good. Uh, Confident by Demi Lovato. They had that song featured on Happy Death Day. And uh, a lot of people aren't into that or the sequel. The sequel, they really owned up to the hamminess. I love it. But um, that was my first time hearing really any Demi Lovato and really like being like, oh, fuck yeah, this is a great song. Um, and I, I like, uh, it made me check out their other work. It was pretty cool. And then finally, one that, yeah, it might show my age. I was a kid when this came out, but, um, Anything, Anything by Drama Rama, which was in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, uh, The Dream Master. Uh, yeah, that will hype me up like nothing. Yeah. I could talk about music all day. All freaking day. <sighs> Thank <laughs> you.
Yeah. And then I guess since we're talking about music, which, hell, uh, if you guys think I should incorporate music more into the chat, let me know. I know we typically talk about movies and shows and books at toward the end of episodes. And that I was going to lead the music into talking about things that I loved that I've watched recently. But uh, uh, yeah, let me know if you want me to talk about music more. I would love to do that. Give me like a an idea of like, okay, so for like February, what... What do you want me to bring up about music? Like, we can still talk about amazing soundtracks or, you know, what's a song that made you cry or what's a song that you wore out till you hated it? I have answers for all these questions, but we're not going to do that now. Moving on. Talk about movies, because uh, I know it's been two months, so I'm trying to think about movies that we've watched. Stephen and I revisit Pitch Black, which I'm not a big fan of Vin Diesel because... I just don't think he's that great of an actor. But I love the first Pitch pitch Black movie. There was um, Showing My Age Again. Saw that in theaters, and I was underage at the time, I believe. What me and at least three of my friends did, uh, we went to this movie theater that is no longer a movie theater in Arlington. It used to be across from the Park Small, before the Park Small had an AMC theater. Um... It was like United Artists, and now I think it's an admin building for, like, Arlington ISD. (laughs) But um, that's where we typically went for movies. And what we did was we all bought tickets for Hanging Up with Meg Ryan, Diane Keaton, Lisa Kudrow, and Walter Matthau. We all bought those with the understanding that we were going to... uh, (laughs) sneak in to Pitch Black. What my friends decided to do is we all went into Pitch Black, like immediately, sat down, and everyone but me got up to get snacks. They all got caught. So they had to suffer through hanging up. And I watched Pitch Black by myself. (laughs) Came out, my friends were like asleep in the lobby because I did not drive um, <laughs> so they had to wait for me in order not to abandon me, which was very nice of them. And they're like, oh my God, how was it? I'm like, it was really good. You guys missed out. Where the fuck were you? And, uh, yeah, they had to sit through, uh, Lisa Kudrow, Meg Ryan, and Diane Keaton arguing about being sisters and Walter Matthau being their dad. I still haven't seen the movie. Don't care to. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Pitch Black, still good. It still holds up. Uh, Claudia Black, who's an amazing voice actress as well. I mostly remember her from Farscape, and she was in Queen of the Damned. I think she played Pandora, but it sucks because the Pandora story is so great. And she was, like, in two scenes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she's good in that. And it it avoided some tropes. I thought it was really good. Still do. Uh, the sequels... Um, they're also there. But yeah, I saw Poor Things, which I saw that on Christmas night uh, in a smaller theater. And there was a guy sitting next to me and Steven that it really seemed like he came with us because we were all laughing and snickering at like the most uncomfortable shit. But then there are people that were there were like their mom. And if you haven't seen Poor Things, you might know what I'm talking about still. But if you have, you know, just like, oh, wow. Beautiful movie, shot on film, various different kinds of film. The best performance Emma Stone's ever delivered. Love Mark Ruffalo in it. Um, it's it's great, but it is not for the faint of heart. There are things that will haunt me till the day I die about that movie. Uh, rewatched Rogue One because we watched Andor and. Uh, got to do that. Andor was amazing. We need more Star Wars stories that aren't about Jedi. Hello and goodbye on that subject. Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, which if you're a fan of Pet Cemetery, the original, uh, not the remake, which I've also seen and I really can't tell you much about it. Um, but it was good. Um, did have some spooky stuff happen after that. If you're interested I will go into detail more about that. If you're interested, you have to ask me about it, though. Otherwise, I won't talk about it. Uh, Rewatched Go. We don't talk about rewatch or rereads all that often, but 
I think they're just as valid as new things. Go. Hadn't seen in a while. Yeah. Uh, Long Kiss Goodnight, which is my Die Hard. Uh, uh, the same guy who directed Die Hard 2 and uh, <laughs> the Nightmare on Elm Street 4. That was like his first big film. Uh, Rennie Harlan, um, who was married to Gina Davis at the time, he directed that. It's great. Love it. Love it. Uh, <laughs> Steven and I watched Three Amigos, which I hadn't watched as an adult I'm like, oh my god, this hits in a totally different way. You know, like, I wasn't an actor when I watched this movie. Um, And it led me to the question, which is, is Galaxy Quest just three amigos in space? Sit on that. You know. And we'll see. But, uh... Yeah, new shows, we're, uh... Uh, Andorra is probably the one of the bigger ones, Lessons in Chemistry, which I wasn't really a big fan of the book, but the show, brilliant. Um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, we're watching now, and I don't think Stephen would have given it a shot if it hadn't been for Lessons in Chemistry and Mad Men, which those just typically aren't shows that Stephen's into. Uh, and yeah, just rewatches, like watch the Doctor Who specials, watch season three of Only Murders in the Building, a whole mess of stuff. But I gotta say, yeah, like rewatches are great. Like finished a rewatch of Fringe, easily one of my top 10 shows. I loved it so much. Still do. Um, but as you get older, you're like, all right, there's a lot of product placement for just a car that none of the main characters are driving. Okay, brand, brands, gotta love it. And then books, which, winding down, yeah, books. I just finished a book yesterday that I absolutely love. Um, and I'm, I've got the second book on hold with the library right now. Uh, Divine Rivals by Rebecca Ross. I'd never read anything by Rebecca Ross, and I gotta say... It, it's great. Great writing. Um, I love a, I love the fantasy genre, but, you know, young love, God versus God, um, you know, in a, in a world where gods and goddesses are like a normal thing. Uh, yeah, loved it. Check it out. It might not be for you. Um, I just also, uh, a big thing that Stephen and I do is we try to read the same books. He's a big fan of audiobooks. I tend to collect things physically and digitally. I'm trying to get back more into physical collecting because at the end of the day, you don't own a digital copy of anything. You're essentially paying to just have it live on something until they decide they want to change stuff up. It's happened to me multiple times with multiple series where I love this book, but um, <laughs> it's just off my library or off my cloud one day. And there's no real explanation as to why. Like, motherfucker, I paid a lot for that fucking digital book. Are you serious? My manga, like, if I'm having trouble tracking something down, I'll download the digital. And manga, digitally, can be fucking expensive. Like, where's my book? And that's also happened to me as a voice actor or <laughs> doing narration. Um, I had at least two books that I've done just be taken off. Uh, because an author decided to do rewrites or an indie author is doing rewrites and giving it to a major publisher now. And I no longer get money for that. It's bullshit. Physical copies whenever you can. But um, the big one that Stephen and I have been kind of sharing is uh, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And I liked it a lot more than I think I should have with the main character being Snow. And Steven's pretty close to finishing it up. And then we're going to watch the movie. Because it's got a lot of great actors in it. But yeah, I... <sighs> so, I've been trying to stay busy. Um, But again, yeah, it's been pretty slow. So, it's that you get in your head. Auditions, there just haven't been a lot of auditions coming in. And everyone kind of seems to be of the same mind of like, man, I hope it doesn't stay slow, but trying to stay busy in the meantime. And I have been. I've been reading a lot, doing the odd and little gig here and there. Although, I will say lately, I have been getting a lot more uh, gigs that 
or just assuming I'm grateful to be asked. I had one, and I posted about it uh, on X, Twitter. Oh my god, I said I wasn't going to do it, and then I do it. <gasps> you can't trust me. Um, on Twitter, I shared this, and I almost shared it where I, I started to just blatantly say no instead of just waxing philosophical about like, oh, I wish I could, darn it, but I can't. I'm just starting to say no. And uh, there was one that's like, hey, I was curious if you would want to like join our talent pool. Like, can you tell me about the pay? I really hate this. This is also in the corporate world, everything too, where I have to beg for basic details. You should always just fucking tell me how much you're willing to pay. What is the base pay that you're paying for this? They told me, and this was after they, their initial emails, like, hey, Terry, da 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 da. If you message me on LinkedIn or something, guess what? My name is right there. Spelling it with a Y is a really easy way to piss me off. And it's not like a, oh, how dare you? It's that my name is right there. Come on. Uh, so I did something I never do, which is a, hi, yeah, nice to meet you. By the way, it is Terry with an I, not a Y. Most girls spell it with an I. Um, moving on. And uh, yeah, didn't mean to sound cunty, but if I did, uh, it's fine with me. I don't care. Um, I have to be honest with you. After, and this is in the second email. Uh, because I had to ask, like, this is Terry with an I, and uh, so tell me um, what projects you've done recently, uh, what's roughly the pay that you're using, what is the usage of these projects? Did not answer anything but the pay question. And it was lower than when I started out as a voice actor. Um, like, much lower. So I said, to be perfectly honest, I verbatim copy and pasted it into my Twitter, um, but said, you know, with my experience, uh, I want to say this is a little low. If your rates increase, please be sure to keep me in mind, da 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 And they responded like four days later saying, oh, yeah, the, the pay isn't great, but that's South Florida for you, kind of, <laughs> I'm like, I... Okay, see, here's the thing with that. Um, where you're talking about distributing all these things, because I had to look them up a little bit. Like, they, they haven't distributed a lot, but they've distributed some. Um, if it isn't local to South Florida, I don't want to hear a fucking thing about how your project is based in South Florida. Pay me for usage. Pay me for how you're really going to use this stuff. Amy, how is that? How is that a difficult thing? I just don't get it. <sighs> but yeah, I digress. The downtime, uh, I am grateful for it. I'm sure there's going to be a moment when I'm busy again. I'm like, man, I can't believe I was complaining about things being so slow. But if they don't pick up, that's when you readjust and you reconfigure and you figure it out. But until then, I've just really been enjoying. Uh, being able to help out my dude more, uh, help out family just in general more, and just kind of throwing myself into stuff that I haven't been able to do in a while. Uh, getting back into like hardcore yoga, uh, reading, reading fully for pleasure. I'm still not back. I'm still a bit traumatized and uh, haven't fully gotten back into writing for fun. And, you know, that's just what happens when you make your passion your profession. It, 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 it doesn't necessarily happen to everyone or stay that way all the time, but it, it's a dangerous cocktail. It sure is. So I did double check with um, our calendar for February. We will be having a February episode. If there is any topic that you want us to cover that we didn't cover this time or something in this episode sprung something that you're curious about, Feel free to reach out through social media, through me, or Obscure Chatter's uh, Twitter account, or perpetuallyoffbeat at gmail.com. Every submission will remain anonymous from here on out. And I just really hope that everybody listening to this out there is staying safe, trying to 
stay happy, stay in their zen, and try to stay informed as much as you can. And aside from that, I'm sure there's more that I could say, but I can't think of it right now because we're goobers here and finally starting to feel that booth madness set in. So with that, thank you for listening. Please keep listening to Obscure Chatter. Be sure to rate us hopefully positively, wherever you are listening. And if there is a streaming platform that you are hoping that we become a part of, let me know and see what we can do. Until next time in February, read good shit, watch good shit, and hey, try not to be a shit. Later.